We're in Perkhosh in Memorum. Ayani Yeshua from Rav Yaakov Moshe Chalab, Sechetzad of Kosh Lavrocha. One of the Mailas of the Sefer is that each piece is like a separate world from the other, so we're able to learn, even those who are not here in the past or missed, each tire is a separate tire. <clears throat> but each one is describing what we're living through right now. Sugi of Golas and Gula is, is what the safe is about. We're up to Perak Chaf, page Mem Hey, Perak Chaf. It's a hard, it's a hard Perak. Does everybody have the sheets? You have? You everybody have? Oh, okay, Shkar. It's a hard Perak. It's about, the Perak is about Kfir, about heresy disbelief. It's a subject that occupied the mind of Rabbi Yaakov Moses Rabbi Rav Kook. These two tzaddikim were living at a time where there was a, an explosion of kfira among Jews. Kfira. Atheism. But not the kind of atheism that we've been exposed to where people is like atheism. They don't mamish believe in it. It's the atheism, the kfira that, that we've been exposed to was for the most part is is more a matter of apathy and neglect, as opposed to Mamish believing that there's no Rabbanishla, or believing there's no Ilam Haba, or believing there's no Teshvapah. There were kaifim that were very, very sincere in the past. That meant, and it meant, the kvira had, the kvira was, was the result of, of years of struggling and working with the sugi of Amuna and, and there were kaifim. Not all kaifim, a chash of a kaifim, but there was a chashivas, the kvira. Now, it's not, we don't see this as much. Our individuals were like that. But the subject of kvira Ever since the Bereshit said there have been those who have said no, you're not. But to understand what's unique about kfira of Ikvus of the Mashiach of the end of time. Parakhaf Kol Gilui Hamazgalu B'Sorech Hachayshach. Any revelation, any Gilui that's Mazgalu B'Sorech Hachayshach. Anything, any time there's a revelation that takes place that's within the darkness, this revelation takes place, but it's not, it's not complete. It's not complete. We're living in a world that's incomplete, and there are times that you and I have experiences of, of, of his godless, that the truth becomes clear to us. There were times in this world that Kashbaruch was Magala, the truth. Of course, mostly by Hasinai. There are other times, Nisim and so on. But until the end of time, whatever Gilui takes place, it's always a Gilui that takes place within the general context of Choshech, of darkness. Not, it's not the time yet where... We're all evil and all 
sheker and so on is is gone, disappears. So all the giluyim take place within the context of a dark world. And because of that, Rabbi Yaakov Meshach explains, Therefore, every gilui that we experience, as exciting as it is, when we have a sense of coming into contact with the truth, it's always mixed with some psalmist. It's always mixed with some chayshech. It's not pure or. It's mixed with darkness. There are, there are always going to be, there are always going to be uh, stains and spots of darkness and confusion in the giluyim until the final gilu that's going to take place with Mashiach Tzikain. Lachain, therefore, giluye ha'iris. Therefore, Gilui HaIris Bishlamis. The Gilui of the Iris Bishlamis in a perfect way. They can't it can't happen. It can't happen during Golos. It can't be a perfect Gilui. So you and I experience certain times the Alikhdigat time, the certain Giluyim, but then the time fades. And and we find that we're back to confusion. Even though there was a gilui, but the gilui wasn't bishlamus. And because it wasn't bishlamus, it had cracks in it, therefore the darkness is able to seep back in. So that the chasna kala, they're under the chuppah, they have this big gilui that this is it, till 120, till Aldic, we're going to be with each other, till 120, besimcha, bahava, and so on, all the lashonis of all the all the kailas of Chasna Kala. And there's a gilu, but the gilu is not Bishlamus. And because of that, and that's why we break the glass, that because we're in Garlas, that means that this Chasna Kala are going to have to live through, are going to have to experience Chayshach in their relationship. They're doomed to experiencing periods of darkness in their relationship. As long as we're breaking glasses under the chuppah, that's what's going to happen. Everything that's good gets broken. Wherever there's a gili of or, it's a chosh of a thing. And hopefully the two of them will make it together. But, there's, but it's never bishlamas. It's never bishlamas. There's always something, there's always something wrong. There's always some chayshech. First of all, how could there be giluyim... Uh, how could there be gluyum of iris in a perfect state as long as we are far from Israel? In the land of darkness, of deep darkness, away from Yushalayim, away from Israel. But of course, even when we're in Israel, we're still, we're still in Golis at this time. Physically, we're in Israel, it's a big schus. But we're not yet, we're not yet there, with Mashiach Sekena. So the Yosef Noach lehem laeris halalu she yishau b'halamosam u'b'hasterosa. So Biyakimash says a very deep thing. Again, everything he's saying is rooted in the Zara Kodesh and Kisveri. And if you look at the Iris of Rav Kook of his Rebbe, there's much more on this subject. But he says, really, the Iris, the lights of perfection. The lights of Kedusha, 
would prefer to remain entirely hidden. To remain entirely hidden. It's more comfortable for the iris to remain concealed. Afgam kalmusag elyain. Keshuhun nimsa lemisha eni yochel hasigo. Because you know what happens when you take a musag elyain, when you take some great exalted concept, a great truth, but you give it over to a person whose mind is still is still cloudy, whose mind is still dark, whose midas are imperfected. So you could take the you could take the purest water in the world, but if you pour it into a dirty cup, so then the then it's going to become dirty. So the iris, the lights of kedusha, on, the lights of kedusha, on a certain level, would prefer a state of all or nothing at all. The same way that if you get that if you get that pure, absolutely pure water, it would prefer to remain in itself, not to be poured into an imperfect clay. Because then the water is going to be viewed as imperfect. It's going to it's going to be uh, seen as something other than what it really is. So these musagim el these great exalted truths of Kaddish Baruch Hu, of Kabbalah, really, on some level, they prefer to remain hidden. A lot of people are still with the Sisrei Torah, with the secrets of Torah, with Kabbalah. What's this big, uh, what's this big cover-up, you know, like throughout history, that the Zohar Kodesh was hidden and it was only a certain time that it was revealed in the Ariya Kodesh. So, so let's get it out there. Why not get the truth out there? You know that even by the Talmud of Hashem there was a huge machlokes about how much of the Ur should be let out, how much light should be given to the to the tzibur. Two great tzaddikim had a very very big machlokes about it. On some level, the machlokes continues to this day, not as intense, but it continues. To this day. There was machlokes between Rebbe Avraham and the Balatanya at that time. It's machlokes. There were Talmidim of the Baal Shem Tev, of the Mezid Shemagid, who were very, very much against the way of the Balatanya and how the Balatanya was teaching Pnimius Shebe Pnimius of Kabbalah and Chesidus. And Rabbi Avam Kaliska wrote a very, very strong letter from Tveria. The Balatanya already had tens of thousands, thousands and more and more Chesidim coming to him in White Russia and the, Russia, and the Ukraine. Rabbi Kaliska, Mendel Vitebsky already passed away, and Rabbi Kaliska was the rosh of the Chabur of the Chassidim in Tveria, which was still a very small Chabur. And Rabbi Kaliska was very, very upset about it, but he was hearing that the Baltani was teaching Kabbalah, Rabbi was teaching Chassidim and Kabbalah, Rabbi, and he believed that the that the Hamayim should be taught very, very simple Musa and so on, not not the deeper teachings of Chassidim. The Bedicha, the Bedicha defended the Baltani. Rabbi Ashtalon and other tzaddikim defended Rabbi Avmukalaske. And on some level, the machlokes. I'm not talking about between the chassidim and the snagdim. That's Eim Aladabra. I'm talking about among the chassidim themselves. 
about how much should be let out, how much or. The iris themselves, the iris themselves prefer to remain hidden and not to become polluted. In Kalim, they were imperfect. On the other hand, there were tzaddikim that said that Klaius, like the Tanya, and there's a famous marshal from the Tanya, that, that Klaius is dying. Klaius is dying. If we don't give, if we don't give over from Pneumis they're going to die. The prince is going to die. So there's not, So what's the difference if the king lives forever and ever, if there's no prince to serve him? The prince is going to die. So we have to, the Baltani said, we have to begin to teach these tyrants. We have to teach. So this is a machlaikis throughout the generations about how much should be taught and what should be, what should be brought out. The iris are afraid of being misunderstood, of being misconstrued. Because when the pure light of the truth of Torah is, passes through an imperfect mind and a mind that could even be Khalila polluted by filth, so then there's a great danger. The danger is fear. Let's learn a little bit further. And particularly when it comes to Musagim of God, how Am Yisrael understands Elokus, godliness. There are Musagim of Elokus that belong entirely to Am Yisrael, that were not meant for the nations of the world yet. Not yet. And even at the end, there are certain levels of, of, of understanding that are reserved for Am Yisrael. Now what happens... So you see that the nations of the world try to try to take hold of Am Yisrael's Musagm of Elokus. From there we have Christianity and Islam. Right? Christianity Christianity tried to not try to, Christianity took Musagm of Elokus from Kla Yisrael Christianity was incubated, of course, within Klai Yisrael, and took Musagim of Elokus of Klai Yisrael. And when those Musagim of Elokus traveled through the minds and the hearts that were defiled by the lowest level of Kfir, of Isa Ish, the Kfir of Christianity, that, that bizarre mixture of... of monotheism and paganism, which is called Christianity, then the most precious, the most precious, the most exalted Musagim of Elokus became defiled. And the whole world now is suffering from that. From Musagim of Elokus that have been distorted. There were truths that Christianity, there were truths that Christianity took from, from Yisrael. Again, Christianity comes from within Yisrael. But in order to make those truths, in order to sell those truths to the world, to the pagan world, obviously, there was a tremendous amount of tampering with those Musagim of Elokuz. With Islam, Ein Maladave, with Islam is... Islam, on the other hand, might not be Avodah Zarah, according to many Rishonim, it's not Avodah Zarah, it's Machlok's Rishonim. 
The Rambam, of course, holds that Islam is not Avodah Zarah. The Pashtis and the Ran, the Rebbe is that it is. And there are others that hold that it is. It's not important for now. But once the highest Musagam of Elokus, especially in Islam, with the highest Musagam of, of Yichud Hashem, of God's unity, which the Muslims profess to believe in God's unity, very strongly. But when it became, when those, when those concept of, concepts of Yichud Hashem, of God's unity, became diffused through the minds and the hearts of Am HaDoyim Lechamor, you understand, of the nation that is like a donkey, the lowest. Like, an, like a donkey. Filth. Niv. Niv. Disgust. Filth. So the, the Musagim of Yichud Hashem, when they, when they are filtered through the world of Yishmael, so the result of that is the para'adam that we see, terrorizing the world, in the name of Allah, in the name of God. A complete and total distortion of Yichud Hashem, a misrepresentation of God, the likes of which had never been in all of history. A misrepresentation, because not like ancient paganism, which they have the, this, this, the sun, the moon, the stars. Talking about where, this, where, the, where there are a billion people who profess Hashem Echad, and they have taken also from the truths of the Torah. And, and they've distorted it to such a degree that the whole world is in pain. So this is what Rabbi Yaakov is talking about. Other nations are like, like birds making noises with their mouths, talking about religion, talking about God. Praying. Like right now in, right now in London, the, the Yishmaelim are probably davening marv, and there are a million of them throwing their shmatis in Paris and London onto the street, and they're, and they're praying the fifth, whatever it is, prayer of the day. Allah is great. And Muhammad is his prophet. So now you would say they're praising God. So that's that's a nice thing. So More than those are praises of God, they're blaspheming God. Those who are screaming that everybody's blaspheming the prophet, right? They get all upset. That's why they're killing everybody. I mean, that's why they're killing. They have, they, they have always an echidimsa. Why they're killing people? But the, the, what got them upset in Paris was because the newspaper said something not nice about they make fun of, of Muhammad. So they're making fun of people that make fun of religion deserve to be beheaded and be, you know, deserve to get killed. So they're the ones who are most worried about blasphemy. They're the ones who are most worried in the world about kfir. They kill because they're so afraid of kfir. They have laws. Not only they prohibit kfir, but Capital punishment is, is, is meted out to anybody who's a kaifer. Davker, they're the biggest mecharfim and megadfim in the world. 
All of their praises, all of their prayers, more than their praises of Hashem, him chirufim v'gidufim. So chirufim v'gidufim, it's all blasphemy. It's all distortions of God. It's much worse than a person who just says, I don't believe in anything. Some doesn't believe in God. Says, there is no God. Chalila. There's nothing. Lays then, lays dying. He's a free agent. He's not praying to anybody. Doesn't believe in anything. Doesn't pray to anybody. Doesn't believe in anything. Here we're talking about something much more dangerous. We're talking about a different type of kfir. We're talking about those who, those who claim to have a monopoly on what the truth is. And that this is, that this is what elokus is. By the Christians, a father, a son, a ghost... The whole, the whole, the whole Indian of Christianity, of that kfira, of that, of that of a deserve Christianity, and with Islam, with the distortion of elokus, chiruf megidufa. Val came bezman shahamim loichim laatzum liqra b'shem Hashem. Therefore, bezman shahamim loichim laatzum liqra b'shem Hashem, when the nations. Take upon themselves to call out in the name of God. Now, even though remember the Rambam, the censured Rambam, at the end of at the end of Mishnah Torah, the end of Hilchos Melachim, the Rambam says that the world has made progress, progress through through Christianity and Islam. Even though it's even though it's filled with sheker, at least the world is talking about God. At least the world believes in redemption. So something has progressed since paganism. But not not everybody agrees with that Mahalach of the Rambam. What Rabbi Yaakov is saying here is Bizman Hashem. When the nations of the world take upon themselves to cry out, Bishem Hashem, to call out in the name of God. That brings unbelievable darkness into the world. You know the name Yishmol, you know how Chazal dies from the name Yishmol? Where does it come from? Yishmol. It's based upon the Pasuk in Parshas Bolik. Oy mi yichi misumokel. That means, to paraphrase, to explain, Oy mi the way the Zohar ex- explains it in Pekadar Belazar, Yishmol's name, it has the name of Hashem in it. Yishmol is a very powerful name. If they wouldn't have the, the Aleph Lamed in that name, they wouldn't be able to cause the, the, the aggravation they're causing to the world right now. They have the name Aleph Lamed in it. Who's going to be able to survive to live when they cry when they cry out in the name of God? Which is that's usually what they do before they start killing people in themselves. They scream out the name of God. The pachad is that they have something there. The Ishmaelim, they come from the house of Avram Avinu. Ishmael was the son of Avram Avinu, and they they have. They have a certain ruach of elokus that they're connected to, but that gufa is what makes them so dangerous. Yishmuel has the name Aleph Lamed. Who's going to be able to survive when they cry out in the name of God? I mean, Mama, see that with their eyes. Who's going to be able to live? When these kaifrim use religion, use their belief in God, 
as, as a justification for destroying the world. This is Mamash what we see. So Yaakov Moshe says that when they call out the name of God, then it brings darkness to the world, and the Musagim of Elokus, they retreat, they, just, they, they retreat, they become more hidden. It keeps Hashem's light further from the world. Not like you think, oh, it's nice, they're at least they're religious, they're, they're davening. The Shechina recoils and, retre- and retreats. You hear, you, have you listening to this? The Shechina runs away. The Shechina can't bear it. Because the because the nations of the world, the blasphemers of the world, with their with their distorted religions, are poigim in the shechina. They're injuring the shechina hakadosh. They're damaging the shechina chalila. They're darkening the iris. They bring darkness to the iris of Elokos. Now, of course, the result of that is because of the Shechina retreating, because of the Shechina pulling away from the world, there's more darkness and there's more fear. Atheism. Complete and total rejection of God. Now, Jews, for the most part, are not interested in the sickness of Christianity, the insanity of Islam. But Jews can be and have often been drawn into atheism. It's a complete rejection and denial. So, far from coming, this does not come from the Lomadreg of Klai Yisrael, Adarab. It comes from the greatness of Yisrael. That there is a sense that either we have the Shekhinah the way she is, the Kala in her beautiful, perfected state, or nothing at all. Because the Shekhinah is forced to, to withdraw from this world due to the distortions of Elokus that have taken place, that are taking place, there's an increased kfir, rejection, atheism, and heresy in the world. And even the Jewish people, his holy nation. When they sense that there's a pagam in the Musagim, that the Concepts of Elokus, that the truths are being tampered with, are being damaged. They also become frightened and turn away from Amunatahir, from the pure faith of Amyasa, which for the most part they don't know. And this is the secret, the mystery of what Chazal said. If you see a generation that's mecharif and megadif, 
If you see a generation where there's a lot of blasphemy, it's a simon the Mashiach is on his way. Wait for the footsteps of Mashiach. Now you would say just the opposite. If there's a lot of blasphemy, if there's a lot of atheism and so on, you would say that it's a simon that, that, that the world is very far from Mashiach. And that things look like they're more hopeless than ever. But, that, but that's, that's not the truth. Rabbi says, When you see Jews who are rejecting Hashem, not just they're, they're like angry against religion, against Yiddishkeit. Jews who are angry, who are fighting against Yiddishkeit. Or what they understand Yiddishkeit is. They're fighting against it. When you see such chiruf and giddush of Yisrael, it's not like by the nations of the world. By Yisrael, when there's chiruf and there's giddush, Shiv Yisrael, who be'ikr klape ha-machashakim shenatsu ha-ame b'musagim hal-yarn. What they're really fighting against, what they really are rejecting, are the elements of darkness that the nations of the world have infused into the musagim of Elokuz. That's what they're fighting against. Like I told you many times already, just even this year, at least two or three times I mentioned what Rabbi Nachman said to the Kaifim that he was talking to at the end of his life. That Rabbi Nachman said, I also don't believe in the God you don't believe in. Right? Think about those words. Rabbi Nachman said, I also don't believe in what you don't believe in. It was Rabbi Nachman said, what you're rejecting, your understanding of Elokus is the is the elokus that has been perverted by the nations of the world. Your understanding of God, of religion, is the one, is that, is, is Yiddishkeit that's been defiled by Christianity, by Islam, by paganism and atheism and so on. So Rabbi Nachman said, the God that you don't believe in, I also don't believe in that God. And as I've said in the past, I'm not, and I'm not backing off from it, I'm not embarrassed to say, I'm embarrassed, it hurts to say, that there are many of the kids that are in yeshivas and that they're not, that they're not connecting to Kaddish Baruch Hu, and you could say to them the same thing, that the Yiddishkeit that you're not connecting to is also not, the, the, I'm also not connecting to, because it's not Yiddishkeit. It's not Christianity, it's not Islam, God forbid. I'm talking about fine people who are trying to teach Torah, but they're giving a perverted version of the Torah. The kids that walk out from yeshiva think that God hates them. That's not Yiddishkeit. It's a perverted Yiddishkeit. It's a distorted Yiddishkeit. So when they, when they, then, then, then the, the teacher hears that the boy went off the dark and the Rebbe says, such a shame, such a fine boy, I can't believe he went off the dark. I can't believe he went off the dark. So the, if the boy were there, he'd say, hey, Rebbe, you, deserve, you deserve all the credit, Rebbe. I want to give you a big Yashakai. And he said, what do you mean? I taught him, I taught him, I, I taught him about a comment. I don't, what do you mean? I, didn't, I told him to go off the derech, I'm a very firm person. I only teach about being on the derech, not going off the derech. Shkoyach, for giving me over something that I thought was Yiddishkeit, and because I thought it was Yiddishkeit, what you gave me, I thought it was Yiddishkeit. You told me it was. I thought it was Yiddishkeit. I rejected what you gave me. Now I'm old and I found out that what you gave me wasn't Yiddishkeit. It was a mixture of Yiddishkeit with other stuff. But it wasn't Yiddishkeit. 
And I want to thank you for giving over to me that perverted Yiddishkeit that I rejected. And I thought that I was rejecting Hashem Elokei Yisrael. I was only rejecting you. If you hear some of the weird things that, that I get, that I, that I hear from people, especially girls from seminaries, and I have to sell some stuff that they come back with. It's unbelievable. Just unbelievable. And very nice people and everything like that, but weird, weird stuff. Weird Yiddishkeit. The Barnishalom saying it's not it's not at all what I had in mind. I never gave that on her Sinai. I never gave it on her Sinai. It's a brand of Frumkat now that was never given on her Sinai. It's mixed with all kinds of strange things. So what Rabbi Yaakov Mesh is saying is that the Khiruf and the Giduf the blasphemy of Jews is is the screaming and the kicking and the yelling against the imperfect, the imperfections that have been brought into Yiddishkeit because of its exposure to the nations of the world. Because the most beautiful, the most exalted, the most exquisite ideas of God have become part of the public discussions and debates. And because of that, Elokus has been raped by the nations of the world. And it's that version of Yiddishkeit that other Jews are angry about, are rebelling against, are sick of. Not the not Baruch. How do you explain that there, that there are people that they're from and they're not happy? How can, how can you explain that the Jews that are showing and they're not happy? I'm not asking any of you if you're not happy. I hope you're all very happy. It sounds like a silly thing that I'm saying, but it's not silly. Why, why would it be that a person who's a mom and should be unhappy? It doesn't make sense. A person has the greatest treasure in the world. He has the Vanishlam, he has Yiddishkeit, he has Tereshav Achsav, he has Tereshav Alpeh, he has Shabbos, he has Yantiv, he has Tfilmi, he has Babli Yushami. Why would a Jew, how could a person be unhappy? How could a person be unhappy? The Territ says that only a Jew who doesn't know what Yiddishkeit is could be unhappy. Only a Jew whose Yiddishkeit has been perverted, has been distorted by others or by himself, can't, can't find himself happiness in his Yiddishkeit. If, if the Yiddishkeit that you had was, was true Yiddishkeit, when I say happy, it doesn't mean you'd be giggling all day. There are a lot of challenges in life. But it means you would feel an unbelievable meaningfulness to your life, and you would feel that life is very, very kedai. You get some, you get some peasant that grew up in like a, grew up in some slum in Calcutta somewhere, you know, in, in India, and he had a miserable life and he was suffering. And he killed himself. So the Rachmanisi feels, I wish I could have taken this guy and showed him a nice life. You know, we'd take him to Miami for a job or something. Poor guy that grew up in Calcutta. He thinks the whole world is one dark cesspool. So he's miserable. He's unhappy. So how could it be that Yidden are unhappy? Because they imagine that they live in a cesspool. So how come the Yiddishkeit is not taking them out of the cesspool? Okay, many of them believe that Yiddishkeit itself is the cesspool. It's a terrible thing to say, but that's the reality. They think that this is what Yiddishkeit is. This is what Yiddishkeit is. It's not what Yiddishkeit is. Just because just because this guy wears a wears a yarmulke or even a or even a big hat, or he wears some sombrero, some whatever he's wearing, 
and he's got his tzitzis uh, scraping against the floor, that doesn't matter, that doesn't mean that what he's telling you is Yiddishkeit. It's, it has Yiddishkeit in it, but just so does Christianity. But it has a lot of other stuff in it. A lot of other stuff in it. It's not, it's not pure Yiddishkeit. It's not the Oiris, Bishleimusam. It's not the lights, Bishleimusam. And because of that, there could be tremendous kfir in the world. The kfir of Jews is a rejection of impure Yiddishkeit, not a rejection of God, period. Like Rabbi Nachman said, I also don't believe in the God that you don't believe in. I also don't believe in the God you don't believe in. And therefore, it could be that some of these Bochum, if they'd be able to they'd go back to the Rebbe and say, I'm, I'm off your derech, I'm not off the derech, I'm just off your derech. I'm not off the derech, I'm off your derech. Whoever made up your derech, I'm off your derech. I'm not off the derech. I'm off your derech. Maybe you're off the derech. The derech. The derech. What is it? The derech. I'm off your derech. That's already enough to be called off the derech. Because I'm off your derech. Your derech is altogether off. Again, it looks very, very firm, but it could be altogether mixed up with all kinds of crazy things. Oh, I missed the sentence there. The rotson of, of Jews is to get to the pure truth, to get to the real thing, to take away the psolas, the dirt, the garbage, the filth, and because of this, because of this, Jews are rejecting Hashem. Jews are rejecting because they're not they're not settling for for this strange misrepresentation of what God is, of what Yiddishkeit is. You have so many people that have to they have to first heal. It takes so many years to heal if they can at all from the Yiddishkeit that they got from their parents to be able to to be able to have a Yiddishkeit that's healthy and that's pure. They have to first go through years of healing and even therapy to be able to get past the the, the Yiddishkeit that they got from their parents. There was such a distortion of Yiddishkeit. Years and years of healing and of therapy, just to be able to say and they don't think of God standing there like some, you know, some angry, angry God that's about to strike you down. It could take sometimes years and years and years, because the way a person thinks about his father is often connected to how he thinks about God. If your father, God forbid, is a messed up, your father is a messed up guy. It's, it's very easy for God to be a messed up God. It's, it's very hard to make that distinction. It takes a long time to, to separate. Father, if your father on earth is messed up, then that's usually the way that you think about your father in heaven. It's very hard. People suffer a lot from that. To make that distinction, to make that separation between the psalos and the It's very, very hard. And still to try to be respectful to their parents. It's very hard. However, Rabbi Yaakov Meshach says, all of this, of course, is the chitzanyin. This is all the chitzanyusam shal Yisrael. Av mitzad pnimi yusam, kulam oinim v'oimim v'pemolei, the pnimis of a Jew, the pnimis of the Jewish people, every single Jew inside is screaming out one thing. Just like the sons of Yaakov, when Yaakov was, before he died, Yaakov was looking around, and, and remember, and 
and he was worried that maybe it's not all perfect. So their sons said, They said to their father, Yisrael. Yisrael meaning, Chazal say, Yisrael Savi, Yisrael, our father. Hashem al-Kenu Hashem Echad. Kishem she'ein belibcha ele echad, kach belibbeinu ele echad. The same way that in your heart there's only one God, so too in our heart there's only one God. But what Rabbi Yaakim is saying here is something very, very deep. He says, he's saying that there are Jews who the only way that they can relate to God is he's one God. Kishem she'ein belibcha ele echad, kach ein belibbeinu ele echad. The only way that we're going to be from Jews if it's only Echad. I'm not going to worship God and something else. I'm not going to worship a perverted, distorted version of God. There are people that can't do that. For whatever reason why some people can, some can't. I'm not going to, to- I'm not going to tolerate that. So you could have a Jew that he is inside screaming. But he looks around and he sees a Yiddishkeit and practitioners of Yiddishkeit who, God forbid, are not honest in their business, who are not acting in a, in a dignified way that a Jew should act. And the, and the thought that he has is, this is not Hashem Echad. And I don't want this Yiddishkeit. I only want Hashem Echad. I don't want something else. I don't want a, a, a perverted I don't want a perverted picture of, of HaKadosh Baruch I want the real thing I want HaKadosh Baruch I want Hashem Echad of course many of these people they just don't they, they haven't learned they, and they don't get it but Rabbi Yaakov says that if you want to understand the Kfira Jews rejecting God is not the same thing as going to reject God a Jew's rejecting God is never ever ever he's only looking for He's only looking for a clear understanding of God. That's why you, when you talk to the chavra that's off the derech, that chavra that's off the derech, you talk to the chavra that's off the derech, those are, you, you speak to them, you get to know them, those are the biggest mamina. And I've gotten a lot of trouble for saying that sentence in the past. Those are from the biggest mamina. And I've said to some of the people who are angry at me, go talk to them. Go talk to some of these kids that are off the derech. They're the biggest mamin. They believe so much in God that they can't believe they can't believe that God would that that they can't believe that God would ever be the kind of God that you've described to them. They believe in God so much they can't believe that God is as miserable and as nasty as you made him out to be. They believe so much in God they can't believe that all God cares about is whether he tied this shoelace before that shoelace, but nothing else. They can't believe that God is so dumb. That God is so petty. Pathetic. They can't believe in such a God. That's how strongly they believe in God. Don't get me wrong. Of course, a lot of the chavah they're just looking to have a good time. I'm not just running away from the truth. But I'm saying that among among those are many, many big, big, big mamin, big mamin, and they're all planning to be super, super avdi Hashem one day. They all believe that at the end they're going to be big, big Avdi Hashem. But they're waiting for the time that Hashem Hashem says this is the truth. The whole truth and nothing but the truth. Hashem could say that, so help me God. <laughs> it's the whole truth. Because they're suspicious that the rest of us are not giving them the whole truth. They're suspicious that some of us, that we're giving them stuff that's 
not, not exactly the truth. It's mixed in with other things. It's not the real thing. And they don't want that. They want 100% the truth. In Pneumius, again, Chitonius is terrible, 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 terrible. But when you see a Jew and he's screaming at you that he's angry about your being firm, you should know that he's really screaming that there's nothing in the world that's more important to me than Yiddishkeit. That's why he's screaming at you. He's screaming and yelling because, there's, because, because that's, uh, that's more important to him than anything in the world. If he was apathetic, if he didn't care, it wouldn't bother him so much. That's why, that's why when the, especially in Israel, they, they make a terrible mistake when they, when they, with these non-religious Jews, that they, if they would understand that they're not religious, that they're bad, they, they, they want very, very, very badly to be religious. Just have to help them, to, to introduce them to the Vanishlam in a real way. They want very badly the, the truth. So when you hear somebody that's angry about Yiddishkeit, he's just, he's just missing Hashem. That's right. I will continue next. Week.